right. You know, if it's Thursday, that means the landscapers show up. <laughs> if it's not raining, if it's not raining, they do show up. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. The the, the show is uh, streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, and it is available as a podcast on the free Odyssey app. I want to set the stage for you. Late Sunday night, the Herald Square subway platform in New York City. Headed to work, home, whatever. And you just want to get where you're going safely, quickly, no hassle. Don't look at anybody, just get on the train. So this 76-year-old travel planner was part of that movement. He was on the stairs heading down the platform and he often worked late, but he was at a station he didn't normally use because he had to drop mail off at the boxes that were there. And one of the ubiquitous bum vagrants was hanging around the entrances, hit him up for money as he started down the staircase. This uh, older gentleman, this uh, travel planner, he refused. So, the, uh, you know, he, the vagrant, stabbed the old fellow in the chest. The victim stumbled on um, uh, into the Herald Square stop for help, and they took him to Bellevue in serious but stable condition. And the attacker ran off. But he wasn't through, because the next day he was back on the subway and busy reaching out to touch somebody again. And then he punched a 42-year-old man multiple times on a northbound A train approaching 23rd Street. And he finally caught up with his victim, this victim of society, his name, identified as David Trotman near Times Square. Unsurprisingly, he has a mile-long rap sheet, and they were able to pin yet another assault on him, you know, because, well, that's just what he does. And we get this cops caught up to him at the Times Square station where he was arrested in charge of misdemeanor assault. Then they linked him, who has a slew of arrests dating back to at least 26... 2017, to the attack on Ahmed a day earlier. He was also charged with forcible touching. <laughs> Is this what they call this now? Forcible touching for a rabbly, uh, allegedly grabbing the buttocks of a 21-year-old woman walking at Wall Street and William Street in Lower Manhattan back on July the 2nd. Forcible touching. And apparently he is a mental case, right? According to court papers. And apparently he goes off on these ranting, uh, ranting tirades. He was talking, he was ranting about uh, what white people do in their sleep, which is why they are uh, ignorant people. And we get this from, from Twitter or X or whatever it's called today. Uh, there was a type of ceremony where reporters gather around where and when an infamous suspect is about to be led out of the police station and ask deep probing questions like, Jack, why did you kill 50 people yesterday? Why, Jack? David Trotman, 38, was arrested yesterday for allegedly stabbing a senior in the Herald Square subway station on Sunday night. He was escorted out of Transit District 1 by detectives just before 1 a.m. this morning. 
Upon being queried with the type of penetrating philosophical questions that I just, you know, talked about, that's when he started ranting. He's also been mailing stuff, but normally when you get the mail, you have to treat the uh, the mailings. You have to you have to wear gloves and sanitizer because he likes to smear things on official documents. <laughs> uh, and then we get this. Trotman, 38, charged early Tuesday with wounding a 76-year-old travel agent at the Herald Square subway stop, once denounced gay inmates as pink poodles, with federal court documents further alleging he sent envelopes smeared with feces and blood to a prosecutor. The court papers stated, Beyond the simple, simply disgusting nature, this practice is dangerous and creates a health hazard. Well, you guys are the ones letting him walk around. He got diagnosed. Some relative said he got diagnosed with being schizophrenic or something. One time when they were trying to interview him, he was unable to speak. Because it was due to a polysubstance dependence disorder. Then he sent out a bloodstained change of address letter in 2018 during a case in which the court records were replete with his inappropriate rantings. And they also included a warning about his mailings, noting he could face more significant and serious sanctions. The court clerk cited sanitary concerns and said anything mailed by the defendant unrelated to the case will be destroyed and disposed of without further review. Well, you know what? He's out on the streets. Running around right now today. And because he's out on the streets in New York, because what he should get when he stabs a senior, uh, if, you know, if he rolls up on somebody and is going to try to stab someone, he should get what is referred to as a contact wound. Oh, Bill, that's so blood. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I mean, let's go back to the whole turkey pot pie thing, right? If I'm sitting around here and I'm not bothering anybody, if I'm just walking around and I'm a senior uh, travel planner and I just want to shoot some mail and get on the subway and you roll up on me and try to stab me because I don't have any change for you, well, you're probably going to get a contact wound at the very least. This dude's also wanted in Queens for two separate orders of protection violations from earlier this month. On August the 6th, he stood on the front lawn of the same Queens Village home where he allegedly damaged the shed door and threw a bucket of urine into the front window. A bucket of urine. Was that a full bucket of urine? Then on Saturday, he returned to that home and threw an unspecified liquid onto the victim's driveway, according to sources. This guy's dangerous. This is a very dangerous individual. He is not in control of anything. And he will get Daniel pennied. Huh? He will. You got an elderly man, 76 years old, just working, just working, you know, 76 years old and he's working and uh, he gets stabbed, right? And they're leaving this guy out on the street. And this is where this is where things are going to be. You know, the longer this kind of goes on, this kind of thing goes on. This guy's name is Iqbal Ahmed. Uh, and he's, a you know, looking at the picture of him, he's just a small little man. He probably was never like a linebacker-sized dude. But now that he's gotten older, 
Well, he's uh, he's smaller. He said, this is not good for the city. Tourists will be scared. Well, no kidding. And it's not just the tourists that need to worry about this cat. Uh, this cat. This cat will end up getting killed by somebody. He will end up getting killed by somebody. And I would love to see when they, and they will inevitably charge whichever civilian does it. They will. They will charge them. Because they weren't supposed to do that. They overreacted, they this, they that. And then that defense lawyer is going to get a hold of this guy's rap sheet and look at all the charges brought against him. These are all physical crimes. This is not just getting out there and doing computer fraud or, you know, getting out there and committing, uh, you know, uh, looting or something like that. This is all, these are all crimes against persons. A bucket of urine. I mean... That begs the question, was it a full bucket of urine? What kind of bladder capacity does this dude have? Whatever it is, they're leaving him out there on the street. They're leaving him out there on the street. And this is going to be one of these things where we're going to read about this guy sooner or later again. And it'll be like that dude that thought he was Michael Jackson, except he was dancing around wanting to beat people up. And then he met somebody that was like, hey, you know what? I'll play. Alec Baldwin got back in the news today because they're they're making more and more discoveries with this cat and uh, this guy. We need to get away from the two tier justice system on this one. This is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D. You guys are all familiar with those uh, cowboy guns, right? The single action, six shooter, right? They only work if you pull the hammer back and pull the trigger. They don't accidentally shoot themselves. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. The uh, show is streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, and it is available as a podcast on the free Odyssey app. These kind of guns are relatively, they're, they're just so simple as a machine as far as it's concerned that they just don't fire themselves, okay? They may if you drop them, right? But if you're just handling it, you got to pull the trigger to make the, the weapon fire, to make the hammer drop, so to speak. So, with Alec Baldwin on the set of Rust, he has maintained all this time that he never pulled the trigger that fired the round that killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins, that he didn't do it. Now, first of all, they were filming in New Mexico to get away from all of the union stuff that's in, in Hollywood. And it's, especially when it comes to taking guns. In, guns in movies are very, since Brandon Lee was killed on the set of The Crow. Now, all of this stuff, especially John Wick. John Wick would be the biggest headache to film today. Because John Wick, for every gun you see in the movie John Wick, there is a prop master. He has to bring it on set, 
and then he has to hand it to Keanu, and then everybody says Keanu's got the gun. Nobody touches the gun but Keanu. Keanu receives it in a certain state. Um, some of the guns they say, I mean, like with some of them, some of them are just made of hard rubber because they're going to be thrown or dropped. Some of them don't fire anything. They just move. Some of them are blank firing guns, but they, they have a, a, a very hard chain of custody that you have to go through that involves a lot of people. And it actually costs money to have that. They also have armorers that are really armorers that know exactly what's going on with the guns. One of the reasons that Brandon Lee was killed was because uh, the people that normally took care of that stuff weren't there that day. So they just made do. And it cut it cut short a 28-year-old man's life that all he had to do to be a bigger man than his dad was outlive his dad who died at 32. So... They went to New Mexico to try to get away from some of those uh, things and, and not pay that money. Okay, not pay that money. So, they did that. They, they do that. And during the time of the filming, the testimony has been, and I don't know this to be certain, but that's, this is what we've heard. They were using the guns because they were actually real guns. They were not incapacitated guns. They would use the guns to shoot targets with. So, okay, strike one. We're using a real gun here. So then they bring this gun to Alec Baldwin and it is declared a cold gun except they never get out there and actually go through the cylinders and drop everything and look at it and then reassemble it before they declare it to be cold because this gun has some live rounds in it. The other thing that came out of the Crow movie was that it was determined that you would never point a prop gun at another actor in the filming of a, of, of a movie. Right, which also makes the John Wick films quite a headache, I'm sure, to film because they either you, you the target either has to be off screen or they have to do it with angles, but they never directly point a gun at anybody. Well, so they're setting up a shot now. Helena Hutchins, as the cinematographer, cinematographer, what she's doing is she's basically picking lens lengths. 25 millimeter, 35 millimeter, 24 millimeter, whatever it's going to be, setting up the camera angle, setting up the shot. Okay. In the event that there has to be a gun pointed at the camera, most of the time the camera is run remotely. So they're they're going through the the uh, they're going through the the walkthrough of this. Alec Baldwin has what's been told. He's been told it's a cold gun. He pulls up the weapon. He pulls back the hammer on the weapon. He pulls the trigger on the weapon and he shoots Helena Hutchins. That's what happened. They said the weapon was found to have been modified. However, a forensic expert has determined the gun that Alex Baldwin accidentally discharged. He would have had to have pulled the trigger to make that, make that happen. That's what they've that's what they've determined. So, this being forensics expert Lucian C. Hogg, don't know him, found the old-fashioned Pieta revolver could only have been fired if someone exerted around two pounds of pressure on the trigger, which is a light single-action pull. So, 
And we get this, although Alec Baldwin repeatedly denies pulling the trigger given the test findings and observations reported here, the trigger had to be pulled or depressed sufficiently to release the fully cocked or retracted hammer of the evidence revolver. He also included photos uh, through a public records request. He, uh, he showed Baldwin handling a revolver on set earlier in the filming, highlighting the actor's finger on or near the trigger as he was cocking the gun. They have not decided whether they're going to consider more charges against him. But the FBI examined the gun in 2022 and they came to the same conclusion. Now, they can call it what they want to call it, okay? And it really doesn't matter what you call it. They can call it an accidental discharge or a negligent discharge. It doesn't really matter, okay? This actually becomes simply a matter of the mechanics, now, the armorer on set, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, has been charged with manslaughter and evidence tampering. But, I mean, here's the thing with Baldwin. See, I, I don't... If he pulled the trigger, I do not believe he intentionally shot anybody. Uh, that's the first thing. What is bothering me is he's trying to keep from anybody getting to the truth. Now, while we're hearing that the gun was modified, I don't hear how it was modified. But according to uh, a Los Angeles-based personal injury lawyer, Miguel Custodio, he doesn't think the evidence is compelling. He says it does not bolster the prosecution's case a bit, but it is problematic that he had to reconstruct the gun with new parts. And once you start tinkering with evidence like that, it's easy for Alec Baldwin's defense to say the gun didn't work properly to begin with and the FBI damaged it. <clears throat> Putting it back together again doesn't prove anything, and it's true whenever you alter evidence, you have problems. Don't get me wrong. Shooting somebody accidentally is horrible. The guy that shot Brandon Lee, I, I don't think he, he, he ever got over it. He's dead now. But I don't think he ever got over it. It haunted him for a very long time. Probably haunted him to the, the last day of his of his life. Except for him, the difference was between him and Baldwin is that Baldwin is quite, uh, you know, he's sort of inflammatory about this. Interesting little development. Uh, George Gascone, who lets all kinds of criminals off with nothing, his employees are now getting attacked in L.A. <laughs> and everything that that means. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Let me be perfectly frank. I'm having a hard time finding any empathy here the common sense retirement planning text line is 71307 the show is uh streaming on the uh, word facebook page and available as a podcast on the free odyssey app go check that out you see george gascone is still the district attorney of los angeles he's been recalled one time and he survived it okay and he doesn't have a lot of support within his inner ranks 
uh, as crime is raging out of control right now. And now, even his own employees are being targeted and terrorized. And they've, they've, <laughs> they've had to go out and hire their own security. And, and then they're also, see, and I, I want you to picture this. See, this would be like me coming out and saying, you know, uh, my program director, he was talking mean stuff about me the other day. This is your own turning against you, right? This is what's happening to this guy. We're getting to see the inside baseball because the situation is deteriorating so fast. And we get this. Um, Democrats who voted for L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon said they want the top prosecutor out because his progressive policies have created a zombie town where smash and grab robberies continue to climb. When I heard about the Ulta thing in Oconee, uh, that's what I thought. I thought some people, people are seeing this on the YouTubes and they're saying, well, I could do that here. <laughs> uh, anyway. Former Gascon supporters told the Post, scenes like the mob of at least 50 crooks who plundered $100,000 worth of goods from a Nordstrom department store at the Topanga Mall on Saturday becoming more commonplace because crooks don't fear the consequences. Uh, one former supporter who wishes to remain anonymous because she is involved in Democrat Party politics. You little coward. She said, I call myself a bleeding heart liberal, anti-gun and voted for Gascon because I thought he was going to be sensible and make reforms like he promised. Well, he has made reforms. He's decriminalized crime. Smash and grab robberies have become commonplace under Gascon's tutelage. And I say that because he's the one that taught them that they could, they could do it without any consequence. He refuses to prosecute or really prosecute hard those that are committing them. This leaves businesses, both big and small, having to suck up a loss. Some of them have insurance. Sure, the Nordstrom's has insurance on all that stuff they lost. But that's, somebody's paying for that. Everybody else that insures with the, with the insurance company of Nordstrom's, they get to pay that increased premium. Because now the risk is going up. And this is why, this is why a lot of insurance companies are pulling out of California. And we get this. We are blanking terrified because these start out as low-level crimes, but they gradually explode. And these criminals are not getting prosecuted, and they know it. It's off the rails. One of Gascon's own employees was assaulted by a homeless man on the street, just like Mr. Trotman in New York, who stabbed the, uh, the, the travel planner in the chest because he didn't have three or four quarters. So after that incident, they have now instituted a transportation program that used DA investigators as drivers. <laughs> What's that? You're supposed to go out there and investigate that crime? Well, listen, go ahead and get in your car and take, take my secretary to go get coffee. You're, you're, you're glorified Uber now. You're Uber with a gun. Finally, an armed Uber driver. Sources in Gascon's office told the Post even his own staff feel unsafe after a female employee was attacked by a homeless man earlier this year as she was walking to her commuter train at the downtown L.A. Union Station after work. Wow, the goblins hang out at their subways and trains too. So Gascon's refusal to charge misdemeanors and to target the problem of homeless drug addicts has 
exacerbated the problem here, as has Prop 47, which legalized shoplifted for all, you know, shoplifting for all intents and purposes. As long as they steal under a certain threshold, they just get a ticket. And you know, it's not like it used to be where it was three strikes and you're out. Nowadays, you can get a, a bunch of strikes, I guess. He's also made it a habit of not seeking sentence enhancements regarding gun charges. And with the new cash bail reform in California, the criminals just, you know, they, they go in. You're charged with you're charged with a, with a gun crime, gangbanger kid. Yeah? Yeah. Now get out of here. Court dates on this date. Don't be late. You're on the honor system. Don't you dare miss that. Now, L.A., why did you not recall this guy when you had a chance? Are you going to vote consistent with the things you're complaining about right now the next time you get a chance to do it? Because I'm very sorry to tell you this, you know, but this is the government you deserve if you don't vote it out. And see, all right, so right now on my chat line, right, there's going to be somebody getting out there saying, Bill, all elections are fixed. Not in California, because nobody, because the Republicans have just, they just, you know, they just cease to exist. They're still there. You know, you have a few token members of them in the General Assembly, but I mean, do you know any names of any of these cats? I mean, there might be one or two. Uh, Daryl Issa, he's one, I guess. So, on the one hand, I know that oftentimes they don't get a choice, but, I mean, come on. Who voted for Prop 47? Who thought it was a smoking hot idea to decriminalize shoplifting up to $1,000? Oh, no, Bill, it's only nine forty nine ninety nine. My mistake. Is that per day? Is that per store? Per buggy? If I roll in there and I've got my Texas instrument calculator out and I'm like, okay, this, that, and what about if I roll in like these people that went to the Nordstrom store? Well, you know, I'm sure they stole more than $949.99 each. They were stealing probably just some of the purses. And I, I know this because I've looked at prices of purses. Purses are very expensive and they, they go after the high-end purses, you know, the Balenciagas, the, the Louis Vuittons. Some of those are a couple of three, four, five thousand dollars, and they were just stealing them by the armload. So obviously, they're not paying attention to that rule that they set in place with Prop Forty Seven, where you can only steal nine forty nine ninety nine. Citizens arrest! Citizens arrest! Just channeling my inner Gomer Pyle. You know what? We need to uh, get rid of a few people out there that are in positions of authority that are prostituting the process of raising children. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Once and for all, you weirdo cult, stay away from the kids. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. 
the show is streaming live on the WORD Facebook page and is available for free at the free Odyssey app as a podcast. If you want to bring back the stocks where you put people out in, in the middle of the town and throw, you know, rotten cabbage, the, the, uh, the, the model child for this would be Diane Earnhardt. Excuse me, Aaron Saft. Aaron Saft. The director of mental health and chief psychologist at the UCSF Benoit Children's Hospital Gender Development Center and professor at UCSF School of Medicine. She's also a pervert in full support of a gender revolution. And we get this. Aaron Saft made what some may consider fringe claims about gender ideology, including that kids can identify or can identify as gender hybrids, which include a mythology-inspired creature called a gender minotaur, and that kids can change their genders by season and can have different identities depending on their location. And she said, I totally agree we're in the midst of a gender revolution and the children are leading it, and it's a wonderful thing to see. So the kids are leading this. Is this right, you little weirdo? <clears throat> or is this a child performing to get these, you know, the uh, the approval of some adults? If mommy always wanted a girl, and her son only gets attention, love, and praise when he dresses in a frilly frock, is he really trans? When Government schools push policies to keep transitioning students secret and celebrate the gender fluid as stunning and brave. When groups of girls heap praise on each other for coming out as trans and schools fight parents to keep pornographic books in school libraries, it ain't children in the lead in the querying of grade schoolers. Now, Matt Walsh got out there. Uh, he believes the absurdity, absurdities advanced by people like Diane, Diane Aronsaft will collapse the cult on its own weight. Which, that is a possibility because this is one of these things you just can't possibly sustain. And uh, he said, without fail, anytime you allow trans activists and pro-trans politicians to speak and you consider what they're saying, the true horror of their ideology comes into view. Along with its incoherence, they contradict themselves. They reveal their own hypocrisy. They lie. They obfuscate. They do all of that because they know, in the end, every cult suffers the same fate. It collapses under the weight of its own absurdity, and then it's forgotten and disgraced forever. Now, this cult does have corporate, academic, and government support. Parents who objected to school boards have been declared terrorists by the Garland Merrick DOJ. The trans cult has power out of all proportion to support to its support in the general population. Top-down movement. And you got people in positions of trust and authority like Diane Aronsaft and resident Joe Biden. And while the mutilization and sterilization of children in its name has been paused in parts of Europe, it's being expanded here. It, it's very expensive. It's a great source of revenue for these amoral hospitals and surgeons everywhere. And don't count on everyone in Europe not to try to take the next step by using government to sexualize children. 
Germany's leading professional association on sexuality and partnership, Pro Familia, is under fire after issuing a recommendation that daycares implement body exploration rooms and sexual games for young children. <laughs> Just makes my head spin. The issue first came to light when news outlet Bild revealed that parents were sent an email from I can't pronounce it. The, the uh, acronym is AWO, Daycare Center in the Hanover region, which presented a list of 10 rules explaining how children in the body exploration room would be encouraged to pet and examine themselves and other children. Now, I'm not trying to put a visual in your head, but for some reason I'm thinking about those guys implementing that, that agenda on a bunch of children, and at the same time, I've got this coupon for a nail gun at Harbor Freight. I wonder if I could somehow make both of those work together. How would I make... Hey, you know what? Enough of that. Every one of these people need to be purged from their positions of power. Diane gets out, most of our kids who are gender minotaurs love mermaids, so make sure you have a lot of mermaid books. You know, the mermaids of myth didn't have the sparkly tails and the glitter and the human friends. They were these rapacious terrors of the ocean luring the unsuspecting to their doom. Sounds a lot like the trans cult, doesn't it? I'll see you in about 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.